It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring. Let's set the scene. Okay. And how do we do that? It's uh, 1972, and uh, you're on a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I assume the episode has started now. What a great intro. What a great way to kick off. So welcome back to the Hot Drunk Podcast. Hopefully for you, it is not 1972 and you're not on a lot of drugs. But if you do fall under that uh, scenario, I was just say, then you're a time traveler or you just did a lot of drugs. You just did a lot of drugs. And somehow you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. But if if you're a normal listener that's not from the 70s or doing a lot of drugs, we welcome you back to the Odd Drunk Podcast. Yeah, it's the Odd Drunk Podcast. We are back to normal. No more spooks and booze. Yeah. Or fears and beers. Tricks and treats. all over. Um. Honestly, I mean, no, I had a ton of fun during Spooktober, but it it is nice to get back to the normal formula where we can just do anything. So So we're just doing a pretty chill episode this week. Uh, Yeah, this last month has been pretty busy and hectic with uh, all the Spooktober stuff and among other things in our lives. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of of stuff going on. So we're doing something chill this week. We got something special planned for next week, but you'll oh, have to. Oh, we definitely do. You'll have to just wait for that to to find out. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I was gonna make a sly reference to it, but I'm gonna leave it as a mystery. Leave it as a mystery. Okay. But anyways, as you can see from the title of this episode, we are doing album reviews again. Yeah, these are fun. And if you didn't catch the last one, I can't remember which episode it was, and I don't really care enough to look it up right now. (laughs) But if you didn't catch the last one, (laughs) so basically what we did, we each came with two albums. One new album, a recent album, within the last five to ten years. There's some wiggle room there. Yeah. Like, for instance... A a wiggly new album. Yeah, wiggly... The Wiggles. Oh. It could be the Wiggles. When was the last you time the Wiggles yet. came out with an album? Unless you read the description by now, you don't even know. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't even have a description. Maybe we will claim every album we've done in this episode is by the Wiggles. But, <laughs> so, for instance, if a band's last album is technically old, I say that could work as a new album. But I don't think we have any of those this time around. So there's wiggle room there. And then for the old albums, anything before like the last 10 years or more, really preferred if it was the last century. Oh, they, the Wiggles released an album this year. 
They did. <laughs> you want to just re- listen uh, to the Wiggles? <laughs> no. But <laughs> anyways, so we've got four, I would say, great albums for you guys. And we're going to talk about them. The Wiggles have released 57 studio albums. Holy shit. <laughs> that it's 57 studio albums, three live albums, that's gotta nine be. compilation albums, one extended play, 32 singles, two audiobooks, and four karaoke albums. Wait, let me look something up. I'm wondering how does that compare to like Frank Zappa? Oh, and uh, 13 other albums featuring solo group members or characters. Okay, Zappa still got him beat. He released a total of 113 studio albums. I don't wow. know how that's possible. <laughs> yeah, how is, <laughs> that, how is that possible? But then again, it is Zappa. <laughs> Anything's he possible. He lived that man. in a recording studio, I'm pretty sure. Like. Well, and I also think he lived in a different plane of existence. but um, Quite literally. Yeah. Anyways. He's like our universe's version of Kang. Honestly, it is funny you meant, well, that I mentioned Zappa because I almost thought about putting one of his albums on this episode. Mm. But I wanted to highlight a band that I believe didn't get enough attention at the time or even now. I mean, it it would be wrong to say that they're not popular, but they are definitely underrated. But we'll get to them. Well, let's just say what we're talking about yeah. before we talk about it. So you, so for your old album, you've got... I went with a classic. I went with uh, Lou Reed, uh, his album Transformer. Yeah, and that's the one that's got uh, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. Walk on the Wild it? Side. It's got uh, Vicious. It's got um, mm-hmm. Perfect Day. That's on that album. It's just, uh, I really like this album. Uh, I've been re- listening to it recently at work. It's a and, classic. Um, you know, people people always talk about the Velvet Underground, rightfully so. But uh, I don't. I think sometimes people don't give Lou Reed's solo stuff quite enough attention. Right. Um, yeah. Not that it doesn't get attention at all. It's obviously a classic. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think I think sometimes his solo stuff gets overshadowed by Velvet Underground. Yeah. Yeah. And hot take: I actually prefer Lou Reed's solo stuff over Velvet Underground. In general, oh. I'm a big Lou Reed fan. No, I could see, I could see why you uh, prefer his yeah. solo stuff. I, I I just listened to the album that you chose for your older album. Um, I heard you listening to it as I walked pretty in. Pretty cool album. While you were playing yeah. Skyrim, which is honestly perfect music for <laughs> killing <laughs> and maiming people in Skyrim. Yeah. So yeah, my older album is by The Cult, uh, a British band mostly, and it is Sonic Temple. Came out in 1989. And I believe, well, most people believe it. it is their best album, but I still think it's a very underrated album and an underrated band. Uh, yeah, I, I have not listened to a lot of the clips. And there is some reasons for that uh, that I will get into. And then for your new album, I really enjoy. Yeah. I don't want to say they haven't been getting attention because they have been recently but um they're still not very big the chats out of uh melbourne or uh not melbourne but they're that general area queensland yeah they're from queensland australia they're an australian punk band yeah but i've seen them describe or at least describe themselves as shed rock shed rock 
kind of a little bit of surf punk, a little bit of 80s new wave punk influence. Yeah. They're a three-piece. They're just fun. I like this. Uh, they released their first uh, album, High Risk Behavior, uh, 2020. Although they have a, a couple EPs they released before that. But um, they're fun because yeah. uh, one of the things, I mean, they, they kind of took off a few years back because they started, they released a few singles or an, an EP along with some really shitty homemade music videos. <laughs> and wasn't that back in 2016? Uh, 2017 is oh, when okay. they actually took off. Uh, 2016, I think, is when they formed. Um, but they make some fun music videos, <laughs> and they're I, they're just a ca- they they write some catchy ass songs. I haven't seen their music videos yet, but on the spot on the Spotify app, it will show you like a GIF or I forget what they call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's definitely some good stuff in there. In yeah, the chats. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it. I figured it's one of the band members, but there's this one of this kind of fat guy like running around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the guitarist. No offense, um, but <laughs> it's great stuff. And I, yeah. it, it, it's clocks in under thirty minutes, but it's perfect for a yeah, punk album. Yeah, and it's got the most songs out of any of these albums. Uh, it all, <laughs> that's the funny part. <laughs> but it's the shortest of them all. What's really? It's got uh, fourteen songs. But uh, not a single one of them is over three minutes, and most of them are under two minutes. I think they have. I thought they had one that clocked just under three minutes. Uh, yeah, one of them is two minutes a fifty-one of seconds. Them. Yeah, but none uh, of them go over. And then the second closest is two minutes and forty-four seconds. Yeah, but, but the first like three songs are a minute and a half long each. <laughs> yeah, or not even that long. Yeah, but anyways, so yeah, that's your new album. And then for my new album, I was really stuck between doing what I inevitably did on the episode, OK Human by Weezer, (laughs) and then the new Abnormal by The Strokes. Um, Both had a similar uh, effect on me, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, This album came back out back in April 2020. And and by the way, the chat the chat's album that also came out in twenty twenty yeah in March. Um, it and before I we get into the proper reviews, here's what I'll just say: if you don't want to listen to the rest of the episode, or wait until we get to the Strokes album, um, I've never been a huge fan of the Strokes. No, I've always I, respected them. I've always liked a couple of their songs, but then when this album came out. I I wasn't I didn't have any new albums I was listening to. I was always listening to old stuff for a while. And it was during the middle of like right at the beginning of COVID when it was getting bad, when nothing was going on. Yeah, yeah. It's a great COVID album and I'll get into that. No, but, um, I, I actually have some similar thoughts to this album as um the Weezer album we listened to. But here's what um, here's the one in, thing in the I'll type say. of vibes that it gave me. As being not a big fan of the Strokes. I like them. I respect them. They're great musicians. Julian Casablanca's great. Great mm-hmm. songwriter. The guitarist, I forget his name, but I'll remember it later. <laughs> but um, this is a complete album. Yeah. F- from start then. It's only got nine tracks, but it clocks in at around, I think, 55 minutes. Maybe not that quite that long, but... Uh, this is 45 minutes. 45 minutes, yeah, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I just think it is a great album front to back. And my other select, Sonic Temple, which I've never listened to the whole album. Well, I've listened to the whole album a while ago, and I knew I wanted to do the cult. I've been wanting to talk about the <laughs> Yeah, just, just throwing this out there. Uh, high-risk behavior is 28 minutes long, the entire album. Yeah, and it's it 14 songs. 14 songs in 28 minutes. Uh, just so basically two minutes per song. Reference, uh, Transformer, Lou Reed is a 36-minute album. Uh, shorter, shorter than I thought it was. Well, a lot of albums um, back then weren't quite long. It was actually, yeah. Ge- generally, it's considered um, over thirty minutes as an album. Yeah, um, unless you have fourteen songs. <laughs> and but still like, to keep and, it under. yeah, in the Strokes' case, the new abnormal forty-five minutes is quite standard for albums nowadays. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Sonic Temple is a fifty-seven-minute album. That is a big album. It's a long album. but uh, And we'll get into it. I think some songs could be cut short, but for the most part, I think their length makes sense. Yeah, no, it's but, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a long album, but uh, it's because the songs average about five minutes. Yeah, and there's uh, definitely bangers in there, uh, but I don't want to quite talk about it yet. So let's start with... Well, hold hold. Okay, I'm holding my horses. Hold no, <laughs> no. You you're finishing my sentences? No, I was gonna say hold your hold your pants, there. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say horses. Okay, my pants are on. What the hell are you drinking over there? <laughs> oh wow, you really want to know? I do want to know. We we haven't talked. We got to talk. I'm about drinking that. a very exclusive uh, beer uh, <laughs> only. <laughs> <laughs> only brewed here in Golden, Colorado for Rocky Mountain Water. Only. 100%, it says. Since 1873. Um, they're not a well-known beer. Uh, no, little indie brewery. It's a, a very small. <laughs> I'm drinking Coors Banquet. Um, <laughs> I actually got it for when we celebrated Halloween. I drank like one of them. And also those weird pumpkin beers I got, I drank yeah. one of them. <laughs> so I'm just left with them now. I mean, they're okay. Um, yeah, there's one in my fridge. I forget what brewery <laughs> they were, but they weren't featured on a podcast episode, so I don't have an obligation to talk about them. Yeah, and any specificity. Um, so yeah, Coors Banquet can't go wrong. Perfect yep. to perfect palate cleanser for all the weird pumpkin beers we've had. You know, over I, the last I, I have something in my liquor shelf here, uh, also from Golden, Colorado. Mm. Can you guess what what it is? In your liquor shelf? On my on my in my liquor shelf, one of the liquors I have is from Golden, Colorado. It's it's a liquor? Yeah, it's the absinthe. Oh. <laughs> I have some absinthe from Golden Colorado. As well. There you go. Golden Colorado, known for cores and absinthe. Cores and absinthe. That's yes. I, I'm pretty sure that's the only things they produce there. Uh <laughs> I'm actually, Golden's a really cool town. It you, is, yeah. If you have time, if you I live mean, in Colorado, Coors is actually a, a pretty decent beer for one of the like an American lager, just no nonsense, straightforward, non-offensive. Yeah. Like I said, great palate cleanser. I'll get to more interesting beers in the coming episodes. Yeah, I've got an interesting beer. Well, it's actually not that interesting, like flavor-wise. It's just like a Russian stout, a very typical one at that. Uh, <laughs> but it's from a uh, Grim Brothers Oops. Brewing, which we had Grim Brothers. Uh, Maybe a month ago, on the show, I I got I yeah I do recall PA. some time ago. Um, and this is the dude abides. 
Yeah. This is a white Russian stout. Although there's nothing the white Russian w- about it. It's just a Russian stout. <laughs> the big Lebowski. Yeah, and it's got a cool a cool can. It's got the it's got, dude. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah. The, the image of him uh, I heard opening that, the milk up at the grocery store. Don't quote me on this, but I actually heard that he has won his battle of cancer. Yes. Thus far. I mean, it can come back like a bitch, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's but good I've heard he's doing a lot better now. Yeah. So that's good to know. He's one of my favorite actors. I love Jeff Bridges. One of my favorite people. I He's mean, just a great guy. Unless he does something horrible, then I do not have any comments about Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. So. Unless at some point in the future, we need to disassociate ourselves from I know this is him. so off topic and you can take it out, but did, <laughs> you you heard about the, the onset uh, accident on the filming of Rust with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. That... Maybe for another episode, but it's a tragedy. Tragedy. It's, a tragedy. It it's was unlikely. Uh, there's a lot of people mixed feelings. People thinking uh, some people think Alec Baldwin should be uh, held responsible. I think that's ridiculous. I think if anything, the f- uh, gunsmith or a firearm manager. Yeah, should be I, held I think it's very unlikely he'll be held responsible, and I, and he shouldn't be held responsible because. Uh, I mean, first of all, if he was held responsible, standard protocol wasn't it would followed. Be, it would be involuntary manslaughter, not murder. Yeah, and from and what I've heard, that the he was following his as the actor, what would be protocol. protocol for him? Yeah, he did not do anything. It was as far as well. He, no, yeah, the actor isn't responsible he for was, inspecting the. Yeah, he firearms. was not acting recklessly. But anyways, but, yeah. we don't know enough about it. But I don't know. I thought I'd mention it. It's the first time. In a big Hollywood production since, I think, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee was the last one, and he was also killed from... I believe it actually wasn't a blank. No, yeah, so... I think um, it was loaded. No, actually... Or was it? No, no. So, Brandon Lee, what happened, it was a blank, but someone, the firearms guy, had forgotten to clear the barrel. Oh. Because sometimes there can be other stuff in the barrel. Well, shrapnel stuff can come out, I mean... Yeah, so... um, Well, blanks could still blind you. They could still do all sorts of things to you. There's... I don't remember the... I don't remember the specific film, but there's another example of a film, uh, I think back in the 80s, where a guy, just with the blank, just the gas, actually shot himself in the head and uh, gave himself brain damage enough that he died. Well, yeah, Uh, because you're still... (laughs) The case with Brandon Lee was there was something lodged in the barrel. Oh. Um, With Alec Baldwin, it was a bullet. Oh, it was? It was an actual bullet, not a blank. Wow. Which I think is even worse. I thought I heard, I didn't know that was true, but I did. Yeah, I heard yeah, somewhere that it, was, it did have one live round. There in was it. a live round in the, in the chamber. In the, in the, it was a revolver. It was a live round. And um, he didn't know that. Wow. So, well, anyways, um, it's sad. Sorry, that's a downer. <laughs> you can take that out. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> That's a downer. Let's let's get let's get back on in a cheerful mood. Let's talk about some Lou Reed, the most cheerful musician. Also, before we go on, <laughs> this is probably gonna be a shorter episode. I got the timer going right now. Um, we've been doing a, some longer ones lately, and I kind of need to get back home and do some important things like homework. Yeah, and I'm and I suspect next Tired. next week might be a long episode. <laughs> I do suspect, considering the we have special person yeah. that we yeah we will have a special guest, a special uh, 
topic. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. But anyways, so let's get to Lou Reed, Transformer 1972. Breaking the New York scene, right? Yeah. Uh, this was after... Uh, I mean, he was already broken into the New York scene. Yeah, with the Velvet Underground. This was after... Yeah. He <laughs> went solo. This is his second solo album. So, okay. Um, I don't remember what his first solo album is. But... Uh, I think I, there's a couple. I will say there's a couple weirder songs on this album, and that's expected, right? Uh, yeah, it is. It is Lou Reed after all. But uh, I think um, it starts out really good. Vicious is a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've been listening to this song uh, this album at work a lot. Nice. And uh, when was the last is. You've listened to this album before this time, or... I have a long time ago, though. I haven't listened to it since about 2018-ish. Yeah. Um, but I will say this is the first time I've listened to the whole thing through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Vicious is a great start. Uh, and then it goes into one of the weirder ones. Yeah. Uh, Andy's chest. Yeah, yeah, that is that is I think the weird I, song uh, on the album. One of my favorites is "Hanging Around." Oh yeah, I'm glad you got the song list pulled up because there's no way I would remember the names right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've just got the albums pulled up, and that uh, one's kind of we're just talking. Got about a dirty shit, grit, and, you know. Yeah, uh, I think uh, one of my favorite ones. I mean, obviously, "Perfect Day" and "Walking the Wild Side" are classics. Um, "Wagon Wheel." I think is a super cool song. Yeah, and it's not. It's not one of the more well-known old crow movie. medicine show. Yeah, no, <laughs> different, different wagon. At wheel. first, I was like, "Wait, is this a cover?" And no, it was not. <laughs> no. But it is a good song. Um, and then yeah, obviously, "Walk on the Wild Side." That's probably Lee, Lou Reed's biggest solo song. That or "Perfect Day" are most prolific. Most prolific, at least. Mm-hmm. You hear that everywhere. Um, it's still a good song. But it does have the issue of I've just heard it so much, so yeah. I tend to skip it. Yeah. Uh, on my uh, listens, but if I just have it on the background and it comes on, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's a good you know? song. Perfect Day is a, a pretty widely used song um, in like movie soundtracks and stuff like that, actually. Mm-hmm. If, you've, if you've noticed that. A lot of Lou Reed. <laughs> uh, yeah. He makes good background music. <laughs> I mean, Lou, Lou Reed, he died in 2013. 71 years old. Uh, yeah. And uh, I remember when he died, I kind of had this... Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't too broken up about it because it was uh, a while ago and I didn't care that much, to be totally honest. <laughs> but oh, I, wow. I did have this men- this thought of, uh, like, well, that sucks because um, when I think of a rock star, I think of Lou Reed. Like he's 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 that that idea of like the doesn't give a crap like rock and roll guy. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that I I think of that's. I did not know, but David Bowie actually produced it. Oh wow! Did not realize that David Bowie was involved in a lot of um, that New York scene. Oh yeah, yeah. David Bowie produced. I mean, it um, makes sense. He produced Iggy Pop's uh, some of his solo albums in the early days. Um, Lust for Life was uh, not only produced by David Bowie, but um, uh, 
David Bowie co-wrote and actually sang on a bit of it. Oh, okay. So um, some of the backing vocals and some of the guitars, David Bowie. And I will say I haven't listened to a lot of Iggy Pop. Yeah. And so then and know. then apparently Iggy Pop's kind of lyrical style, kind of that random, weird, real lyrical style Iggy Pop, uh-huh. influenced David Bowie when he wrote Heroes. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> so... Um, so before we get into statistics and facts, I know you've been <laughs> Wiggles' discography. Great. I just switched no, to but my, I know my you've browser. Been, I know you've been listening to this album recently. When did you first discover this album? Why do you still listen to it? So I guess um, my mom really likes Lou Reed. There you go. <laughs> And uh, I've always known many of these songs. Right, yeah. I think it was only um, maybe five or six years ago that I actually sat down and went like... Listen to the album. I'm going to listen to... Yeah. Because we've all heard these songs. Listen to the album start to finish. Right, And yeah. it's just a... I think it's my favorite Lou Reed like album. S- I mean, like you said, everyone's listening to Perfect Day or yeah. Walking Wild Side without even knowing it. Yeah. and Without uh, even knowing it's Lou Reed. Yeah. It's there. It's a well-known album, uh, and I've always enjoyed Lou Reed more than Velvet Underground. Like I mentioned, so uh, you know, I took a class that was like history of blues, jazz, and rock. And as uh, did I. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Were you in that class with me, or we took it separately? I don't remember. Yeah, I wish I would have saved that class for later on in my uh, college. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember our professor talked about. Uh, <laughs> Talked about the Velvet Underground, the importance of them, and then he went on a, at one point went on a little bit of a rant about how like after I don't remember the other guy in the Velvet Underground, the the right hand man to Lou Reed, uh, when he left the band, the Velvet Underground changed a bunch and became a little bit more alternative, right? Yeah, and more similar to what that's was, always how I've seen them. Yeah, and it and it's been, it beca- they became a little bit more more like Lou Reed solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was the only one there that day that was like, I actually really like the Velvet Underground's later stuff because it's more similar to just Lou Reed. <laughs> yeah. And I really like Lou Reed. <laughs> um, and al- a band slash album that I also thought about doing for this episode, uh, the Danny Warhols. Mm, yeah. V- they're very influenced by Velvet Underground and Lou Reed. A lot of their songs have that same kind of lyrical style, tone. And just kind of atmosphere. But yeah, I was really close to uh, covering um, 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia. But I was like, well, that came out in 2000. And well, I can, that is old now, which is yeah. crazy. But um, I was like, maybe I'll save them for later. But I've always been a fan of them. And I can definitely see the influence listening to I this just, album. I just want to highlight some of Lou Reed's lyrics. Yeah, go for it. Because this is my favorite part about one of my favorite things is the lyrics get weird sometimes. So this is uh, from Andy's Chest, which is the second song in the album. One of the weird ones. It's one of the weird songs. Uh, And the lyrics go, if I could be anything in the world that flew, I'd be a bat and come swooping after you. (laughs) And if the last time you were here, things were a bit askew. And then later on, he goes, if I could be any one of the things in this world that bite, 
instead of a dentured ocelot on a leash. I'd rather be a kite. And be tied to the end of your string and flying in the air, baby, at night. It's really interesting because like, I, I, I remember hearing these lyrics, but I didn't really pay attention to them. I was like, yeah. oh, this is Lou Reed. Because you know what they yeah. say about honey bears when you shave off all their baby hair? <laughs> okay, Lou Reed. You have, a, just, you have a hairy-minded pink you're listing, bear bear. You're, <laughs> you're listing different animals. <laughs> You start out with bats, that's a common animal, but then you get into ocelots and honey bears, <laughs> which I wouldn't say are rare, but they're uncommon. People don't talk about them a lot in songs. And, and, then, and then out of nowhere, he's going from talking about animals to, yesterday, Daisy, May, and Biff were grooving on the street. Just like in a movie, her hands became her feet. <laughs> her belly button was her mouth, which meant she tasted like what she speaked. Ooh. <laughs> Weird lyrics. I love very weird. I love Lou Honestly, Reed. that that seems like I. You know what I'd love to do because it already seems like it was written by a bot. But <laughs> I'd love to feed a bot or one of those word predictor programs because that's actually what they do. Yeah. Um, Lou Reed lyrics, and then make a new Lou Reed song out of that. I really enjoy um taking song lyrics and reading them like spoken word because, especially. Lyricists like uh, Lou Reed or uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, yeah, it very lyrics. much is poetry. No, no, no. It's it's well, it's it, weird. Well, though. I think the rhyme is a lot like your standard poetry. Yeah, the actual content, like, have is you just ever, way out there. A little side tangent. Have you ever sat down and listen or listened to like Neil Diamond? Uh, I don't listen to much Neil Diamond lyrics. Um. Let, uh, this, this, so this song, uh, I remember, I always thought was weird. It's Song Song Blue by Neil Diamond. Okay. Song Song Blue, everyone knows. Song Song Blue, every garden grows. Me and you, the subject of blues now and then, but when you take the blues and make a song, you sing them out again. Or where, uh, oh, yeah. So the, the <laughs> Song Song Blue, Weeping Like a Willow, Song Song Blue, Sleeping on My Pillow. They're fucking Neil Diamond's fucking weird. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got that right. Oh, you've got another one for us. No, I was just looking. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, Lou Reed, Transformer, good ass album. Go listen to it. Uh, let's move on to uh, Sonic Temple. Yeah. Okay. So. The cult. Why did I pick the cult? Why? <laughs> Why? Why would I ever pick this band? That's why I was thinking when I was listening to the album. I was, I was just thinking, why? <laughs> I was thinking, damn, this is just like straight up like big stadium rock, and I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, no, but honestly. Uh, I've always enjoyed uh, a number of their songs, including one of the songs on this album, Fire Woman, before mm -hmm. I started actually listening to them. So I've heard Fire Woman. That, that's one of the ones that you, I recognized. Wildflower, like Love Removal Machine, um, Soul Asylum, Sweet Soul Sister. Uh, 
there's one more that I know I'm missing. I believe it's uh Little Devil. Well, anyways, point being, <laughs> I've always heard a lot of their songs, and I'm like, man, this is big, this is epic, this is so rad. It's honestly some of the coolest like 80s rock I've heard. And I always kind of wonder why, you know, why aren't they more popular? Why don't people talk about them enough? And I always get so excited, like, when they're played on the radio. Because mm-hmm. it's just rad, it's big, epic stuff. High octane. High octane, like, but it's rad. This specific album roll. is a lot more deep and open. What, and what this, uh, I would say, like, this reminded me... It, it reminded me of some like hair metal type stuff, but more rock and roll. No, exactly. Uh, there's Which I, I was I was enjoying because it, it had that energy of like hair metal that era, but if it, it, it had more like because there's a difference between rock and rock and roll. So, anyways, a little and this quick, had the roll. It's rock it and roll. definitely is. And I almost chose their album Electric because that one's even more straight up, just guitar riffs, but. There wasn't really much to talk about there. And honestly, when I was going back and forth between Electric and Sonic Temple, I was like, yeah, Electric has Love Removal Machine. It's got Wildflower, which Wildflower, I would love to cover in our band at some point. Be rad. You'll have to check it out because I think it's feasible. <laughs> um, I love Tom Petty. But I... <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh but I had to go with Sonic Temple because it's their big epic album. It's their biggest album on the charts. It went multi-platinum. And, and you know, I don't, I'm not just basing it off of that, but it is peak the cult. And honestly, if it wasn't for a particular genre coming up uh, right after this album was released, grunge, <laughs> I believe they would have been something. But, you know, the cult was competing with these huge rock bands in the 80s. Yeah. Like ACDC. Yeah. It's hard to compete with ACDC. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. You've got like Judas Priest. You've got Iron Maiden. Even the Stones, even though I don't really Honestly, like their so 80s stuff as much. The cult reminds me of like, they were trying to do a similar thing that Guns N' Roses was trying to do, but they, oh, yeah, did, very... it, but they did it better. Oh yeah. My dad will totally agree with you. I agree with you. And I can let me tell you how I got into the cult, and not just this particular album. Because you listened to Guns N' Roses and thought, <laughs> "There, I could see what they're trying to do, but they're not very good." No, so honestly, I'm a better band. <laughs> <laughs> Basic. Well, if you can't tell, I don't think super highly of Guns N' Roses. Neither of us do. Um, <laughs> and I agree with you. I think the cult is the best version of that kind of rock. Like that continuing kind of, what they were doing in the 80s. Not quite hair metal. It's not quite glam actually rock. Actually evolving it. If I had to show one, so show someone one, and it's from this album, one song that encapsulates 80s rock, but it's not lame, but it's still 80s. Mm-hmm. Probably Firewoman. That'd be a great one. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Soul Sister, maybe Soul Asylum. Um, I really like Automatic Blues. We'll get into it. I liked Automatic Blues. That was that awesome. That one's a jam. Yeah. But um, but yeah, Firewoman, that was probably the... It was the first cult song that I remember hearing. So my dad, um, in my first car, he gave me some CDs to listen to. One of them 
was Pure Cult, which is a big compilation of all their hits. And I don't think it was the first song, but the second song on that um, compilation, and no, I can't pick that as an album, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but it was Firewoman. And like the guitar riffs and like the, you have the rhythm going on while the lead isn't necessarily doing anything too complicated, but it's a really nice complimenting melody and it's just good, pure guitar awesomeness. And the lead singer, um, <clears throat> Ian Astbury, <laughs> I, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. His voice isn't like Axl Rose annoying. It's not, it, it's not super unique in the fact that I could pick him out automatically, but it's perfect for this kind of music. Yeah. And, um, and here's a little background. So they were known as the Deaf Cult, or just Deaf Cult, uh, prior to 1984. And then they formed a cult. And yeah, they're from uh, England, West Yorkshire, if you wanted to know. And um, his previous band was known as the Southern Deaf Cult. <laughs> but it makes sense marketing-wise to just go with the cult. That's a cool name. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Having the name Colt in your band is already kind of uh, hard to market, but Def Colt, you know, and that's not the kind of music they were mm-hmm. they were producing. Um, some people do say they helped pr- uh, promote and get gothic rock going, but the Colt obviously switched gears. Well, I, th- I went- think you're absolutely right that um, if it weren't for grunge coming around just around this time, well, here's the thing: that so this would have been more successful. So Electric was a minor success. It was successful in the UK and you know, all right in the States. But then Sonic Temple, that actually blew up. It went multi-platinum. Mm-hmm. It was their biggest album. Bangers. I mean, it's just it was in the um top 40, top 100. It was in all kinds of Billboard charts. And it was up there with Guns N' Roses, with ACDC, all these big bands. And I do believe they are the best Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah. And I love Slash, um, and I love Duff McKagan, Yeah, but I just cannot stand Axl Rose. Like, okay, so, I mean, I can shit on Axl Rose all day, but my problem with Guns N' Roses is not with any specific member of Guns N' Roses. It's with Guns N' Roses. Right. Overall, they just didn't do any. I I mean, so, Welcome to Jungle's cool. There's a couple songs that I can enjoy, but like Sweet Child of Mine, I think that song is just trash. I mean, so, like for example, I mean, there's just some of my thoughts on Guns N' Roses and why I think I was impressed by this album uh, is so like we're part of a Facebook group where people like to discuss. Uh, 90s and 80s music mostly grunge yeah mostly grunge and at one point someone post on there for everyone he's they're like oh what's an example of a band that you think is overrated um and like in the context of their contribution to music and i said guns and roses and I got a lot of hate for that wait sorry i was it was the, someone was asking they go what do you think is a band that Ever, that you think is overrated in the terms of their oh, no, contribution yeah, yeah. to music. Yeah. And I said Guns N' Roses. They con- contributed 
nothing. Guns N' Roses had one big album, Appetite for Destruction, yeah. and even that I'm it's not, not into. Not even like that great of an album. Um, I like Paradise City. That's but, that's my only Guns N' Roses song I like. Um, but no, yeah, I agree with you. My dad will agree with you. They, the cult, man. Yeah, they contributed. This is why I've been wanting to talk about them on this podcast. I almost thought about doing them for the last album reviews, but I was like, no, I want to yeah. <laughs> do this particular thing. I can't even remember what but, I did for my old no, one. Like, I, I, I just, I've always had this thought. I was like, Guns N' Roses are pointless. They've contributed nothing. I see what they were trying to do, but they failed. And then I listened to this album. Oh, yeah, I did Brendan Benson for my old one last time. But then when you told me, you said, listen to this album, and I listened to it, and I was like, fuck, this was what Guns N' Roses was. This was what Guns N' Roses was trying to do. <laughs> and and if Guns N' Roses had succeeded, they I think they and would obviously contributed. Obviously, to not every album's perfect. And before I get into the uh, kind of my review or just like my summary, um, so this went platinum, selling over a million albums in 1990. It's they pretty were good. A, they were about to be like a huge band, and then Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sure there's actually like quite a few bands that you could say that about. No, I mean, <laughs> they did the best version of this kind of rock, this 80s kind of not quite glam, not the, the con- not quite hair metal. Continuing right in the that, right line, like continuing the evolution. Of that I would style, say they've I done would... one of the best versions of yeah, it. I, I would say they can they took that 80s style rock and continued and the now, style of I it. almost talked about Van Halen because they basically pioneered it in yeah. the late 70s and 78. But I was like, everyone knows Van Halen. Not everyone knows the cult. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about bands that I want to recommend to you. Yeah. And that's why I chose Brendan Benson last time. And that's why I'm choosing the cult now uh, for a different reason, though. Well, it's but, like, I mean, uh, we, you, you mentioned Nirvana. And people talk about, I think this is important to point out. People talk about Nirvana sometimes as like a continuation or one of the continuations of like what was punk rock in the eighties. Yeah. And and it kind of one of the many ways that that genre evolved was into grunge and nirvana and all that sort of stuff. Um but what happened to glam rock? It, people look at it now as like this like preserved uh style of music that that never evolved, but it did evolve through like the cult and bands like this. Yeah. You know, and the cult did it very well. This is a fucking rad album. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it definitely is. From and from from song number one, Sun King, I turned on this album and I was immediately like, okay. And Sun is cool. King <laughs> is a really cool opening and like very stadium rock. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting they chose it for the opening because it's kind of a slow build to this big climax. But then you get into Firewoman, that is just pure... Like 80s rock bliss. I will play that on like while I'm playing the new Guardians of Galaxy game or like killing people in Skyrim. It's just rad. The guitars, everything. Um, This is a this is definitely a uh, album you put on while you're playing video games type album. (laughs) Yeah, and that is a that's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And um, some of the standout tracks. Obviously, I I also think Sun King's good. Firewoman. Edie Ch- Chow, baby. That one's like a big ballad, but it's not bad at all. Um, it's cool. Sweet Soul Sister, I really dig that one. Soul Asylum, New York City. Uh, honestly, those next like four or five songs. Yeah. And what I think is the most underrated standout song. It wasn't even a. I don't even think it was a single. 
Uh, yeah, it was not. Um, Automatic Blues. That's oh, a, I was digging that. That's one. a rad jam. Yeah. I was like, digging that. That, that, that one did stand play. out to me. Like, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> um, so this album's got uh, Billy the Duffy on guitar. It's got... So one of the so Mickey Curry he played with Hall Notes and Brian Adams he uh, was on drums yeah and then really the only like remaining member of the original band is the lead singer um, Ian Atsbury nice and uh, the bait this was the last actually this was the last album that uh, Jamie Stewart recorded with him the bassist and their next album I believe called Ceremonies or Ceremony flop. And guess what? It came out in 1991, right <laughs> when you have Nevermind, Ten, mm-hmm. uh, Bad Motor Finger, like all these huge grunge albums. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't listened to it, but I don't think it's that good of an album anyways. But even if it was, I don't think it would have. What I really appreciate about Sonic Temple, it is like the end of an era, but it's a great send off for that era. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I remember putting in the Pure Cult uh, like Greatest Hits album in my car. Got to Fire Woman. I was like, how have I never... Ha- well, I probably have heard it before, but like, how have I never acknowledged this song before? Yeah. And um, I only started recent, uh, listening to Sonic Temple over the last couple, three years. Uh, you know, when I had access to Spotify where I could look up any band and all their albums without any problem. And, um, as far as I know, and as far as I believe it's their best album. And, uh, I think it shows, um, and just overall it's big, it's open, it's epic. It's, it's over the, well, I wouldn't say it's quite over the top. It's exactly what it needs to be, right? You know, yeah. I think I think uh, the way I can sum up this album is, uh, you know, I work at a hockey rink, and when yeah. the, when the when the player when we have hockey games, the adult league and stuff, uh, sometimes they like it when I put on music while they're playing, and this would be a rad album. That, and it, that would what's really funny it, at, at the time it got mixed reviews. Because um, it was being compared to, like, Guns N' Roses and, like, other bands at the time. I don't get why. <sighs> why did these guys not become popular, but Guns N' Roses did? God damn it. And Guns N' Roses is still around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these guys are still around, too. They have new albums. And they're still su- a successful band. I mean, I want to say they're not successful. They have over, like, 2 million li- active listeners on Spotify, yada, yada, yada. But... It was just the it was the right album, but it was the wrong time. <laughs> if it would have came out a couple years ago, if it would have came out instead of Electric, they would have been that big band. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those one of those uh, parts and uh, things in history that you wish kind of just happened better. You wish that. Yeah, the cult became the popular band instead of Guns N' Roses. But yeah, I've always <laughs> uh, backed up the cult, and while I don't think it contains like all their great songs, I mean, I just think it's their most complete album. It's a it's 
I think it's when they really formed their sound, when they stood out more from the other bands that they were being compared to. Yeah. And and like I said, it's just this big epic stadium rock and would I always be in the mood to listen to it? The album? No. But would I be in the mood to like put on Firewoman or like Automatic Blues or Soul Asylum in like a playlist? Yes, definitely. Um, Apparently, the Saudi Arabian version of this album has fourteen songs on it. <laughs> oh, it's got "Born to Be Wild." Their cover of "Born to Be Wild" that was yeah. on Electric. <laughs> and when I was thinking about doing that album, I was like, "Wow." That's actually the coolest version of Born to Be Wild I've heard because I do not like that song. Yeah. By Steppenwolf. I know it's a classic or whatever. I, I just don't like it. But I heard their version and you should check it out. And it's like, oh, wow, they made it like more rock, more. Kinda... Oh, here's a fun fact. I scrolled up till you can't see it on my screen. What famous musician did backing vocals on New York City? Famous musician. Famous musician. We already talked about him today. His name has come up in this episode already. Is it Iggy Pop? It is Iggy Pop. <laughs> Iggy Pop did backing vocals on New York City. That's awesome. That yeah. shows you something. <laughs> if he wants to participate in this, you know it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And and that that's honestly one of the better songs off the album. That's a good song. I like um, that one. Yeah. And, you know, and what I, another thing that... And we'll go on to the next one. But another thing I appreciate about this album is that it's definitely like, oh, I love you, baby. Like, let's make love vibe <laughs> a lot of the time. Eric Singer not- from Kiss did drums on one of the demo versions of one of the songs. Oh, did he do... Uh, which one was it? Uh, Eric Singer says, uh, under additional personnel, Eric Singer drums during first demo version of Sonic Temple 1988. And he's one of the new members of Kiss, though, not the original. Yeah, member. yeah. He he replaced the current. Chris, he's the right? current drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss, yeah. You know, I heard they're actually gonna get together. Really? One last time, I think Ace Freely like agreed hmm. to come back with him with Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Don't know about Peter Chris though, but hopefully, let's keep our fingers crossed. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. But and honestly, there is a Kiss album that I do want to talk about. Some then oh, maybe I the next Kiss. time we yeah. do this thing because. Well, I, I know would, our, I know our good friend Caleb. They're is obviously a, mainstream is a big fan. They're obviously mainstream and slightly overrated. They have songs that are underrated. They have an album that's underrated, but that's for a different day. I think they're um, good. I'll just leave it at that. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're generally pretty cool. And um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much else I can say. I mean, it's hard to describe an album like that. Uh, just listen to it on whatever you listen to, Spotify, YouTube. I mean, it's, you know, I do love going to record stores, but this is the easiest time to access music ever. Yeah. So if you guys want to check it out, I'm sure there's a way. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no <laughs> excuse. And if And I recommend put this album when you're, like, getting pumped or, like, when you're exercising or just doing something rad or skateboarding even or like fighting a bear, you know, it's that kind of album. <laughs> um, 
fighting a bear. <laughs> Next time you're watching The Revenant. Yeah, during the on... scene where Leonardo DiCaprio gets mauled by a bear, put on this <laughs> album. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Um, uh, especially the lead singer, Ian, he's always had like. How should I say? I mean, it's a little bit cultural appropriation, but he's always been into like Native American st- and stuff. And it's funny, mm. my dad, when he first told me about the cult, he was like, yeah, I thought he was a Native American guy first, but then I found out he's from England. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that tells you something. But, <laughs> but yeah, <they're... laughs> he actually is Canadian and moved to England when he oh, was 11. Oh, what? What? Liar. Now I'm even more mind blown. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not coming here and saying I know all the facts about the guy, but I love the album. And I love the band, and I think... They no, okay, sorry. He moved to Canada when he was 11 and then eventually and then, came back. Oh, so his English grew up in, in Canada, Canada until he was 11. Back. Oh, no, when he was 11, he moved to Canada. And then he eventually came back where he started performing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, definitely recommend that album. Um, are we giving scores? Do you want to give a score for Lou Reed? Or do you want to just say, we recommend it? We recommend it. Yeah, because, I mean, scores are arbitrary, and that could always change, and, like, who yeah. cares? We we want to say, like, we might come across a time. On the scale, you know, on the scale of 1 to 10 being 1 meaning we don't recommend it, and 10 being we recommend it, um, and there's no in-betweens. 10. Um, 10. Yeah, for yeah. both. It's just for all one, one or ten, <laughs> and we recommend it. So that means it's a ten. Um, yeah. Um, you know, one of these days we're gonna throw one of these you days and talk about an album we don't recommend. <laughs> one of these days we'll pick an album we don't like because it is just called <laughs> albums review, not albums we like. But it's more fun to talk about things you like. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I don't want to listen to albums I hate for preparation. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> Um, I to have a good time listening to albums. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Check out Sonic Temple by the Colt. And I know you've heard Fire... If you listen to any rock station, you've heard Firewoman at some point. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're to our new albums now. Yeah. Um, and uh, my album beats out yours time-wise by well, like yeah, a because month. <laughs> as we've... <'cause, laughs> as we did last time, we're doing them as they were released. And it just so happens to be perfect again. Where it's every other one is released closer. So yeah, this album's in 27th of March, 2020 uh, versus um, the album you uh, picked. The new Abnormal that came out April 10th, 2020. That's like a 15 day difference there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh anyway uh this is uh by high risk behavior by the chats high risk behavior by the chats not yeah. by high risk behavior that's yeah that's what i said yeah, yeah, yeah. by high risk, be- high risk yeah, behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. by the chats yeah i love that cover <laughs> yeah this <laughs> this, this is just uh so uh I've, I've been listening to the chats and uh we said melbourne earlier if any no, if from anyone from Queensland. Australia is listening, I apologize. They're from Sunshine Coast. 
Queensland. That's not anywhere near Melbourne. Yeah, as far as I know. Sorry, uh, sorry, Mister Sunday Movies and Nick yeah, Mason. I, I was saying that because we were talking earlier and we were talking about how the Strokes are playing with the Chats in Melbourne. Yeah, they. It's and so funny. That's why I said you, that. You told me about the Chats about this album. Hey, listen to it for the for the uh, episode. Yeah, we didn't collaborate on this. We just said. What's your album? He said Strokes, and I said The Chats. Yeah, and then The Strokes, like literally the day of, announced that uh, they're playing a show and a couple shows in Australia, and The Chats is one of the opening bands. Yeah. Which makes <laughs> so. sense because they're an Australian band, and they're yeah. still based out of Australia. Yeah. they're As far as I know. And they got their start um, on, U- like on YouTube. That's where they they went viral. That's how they became popular. So they released they released some or an EP, and they released music videos with some of the songs. And they would on their they have a YouTube channel. I'm they, pretty they, sure they I've videos. seen them before. And um, well, I say I've been, just been listening to them, but this is not my my first uh, introduction to this uh, band was back when this album came out because back then actually before that i think because they had released this before they released this album they had released some of the songs um and i was playing in a punk band at the time with our dear friend caleb and we covered one of them or shall you say cheese cheese Sorry. yeah we covered uh uh the clap which is uh on this album oh i love that one yeah we we covered that so that was my first time hearing the That's honestly one of the best songs. Caleb coming to band practice and saying, I want to learn, because we all said we need to learn a few covers for to fill time at this gig. Everyone in the band choose a cover. And Caleb came and said, I want to learn this one. So we learned yeah. we learned the clap. Um, th- but this album, I think, uh, I mean, the chats, they're, they're kind of old school punk in a way. No, when you sent it to me, I had to check... The date that it was released, I was like, "This sounds like something from the '80s, yeah, or maybe <laughs> early '90s, yeah." But no, like, they're, <laughs> they're 2020. That's uh, what I really admire. They captured that sound so well, but at the same time, I was like, "But it's not all because they're talking mm-hmm. about like millennial things, yeah, like being broke and struggling to pay rent." One of the songs <laughs> I'm, I'm I like on this album, "Dine and Dash." <laughs> yeah, that's one I was gonna mention. Is "Dine and Dash" is a song <laughs> yeah. about how they're broke and don't have any money, but they want to eat good, so they they're gonna do the "Dine and Dash." And it's a really <laughs> Well, I'm going to say odd phenomenon, but it's kind of funny. Like, their songs are funny. Some of them are, yeah. They, but um, it's it's not on this album. They have a song called ACDC CD. I did see that one in their singles and, when I was looking through their stuff. It's about how ACDC is the second greatest band in history. <laughs> I assume the first greatest band is them. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in their logic. Well, and ACDC is... <laughs> A huge Australian band. Yeah, yeah, probably so one of the probably... biggest Australian bands. <laughs> oh, yeah, undeniably. Worldwide, yeah. Um, I mean, there's other good ones, but... But, uh... Including the chat, I, was, I shall, shall say. Um, but no, I was so happy you picked this album for two reasons. One, I haven't listened to, like, good new punk in a while. Yeah. Two, this is just a good new punk album, which is not... Recently, there's not been a ton of those. No, and then number two... It clocks in under thirty minutes, so I got to listen to it a lot. And <laughs> I, I took the bus. I took the bus to class today, 
because my car is uh, and honestly to go to the shop, and <laughs> I was able to get through the entire album. Yeah, on the, on the way to class today. And you, if you need a ride, let me know. We live yeah. in the same apartment. Yeah, no, I will. Uh, <laughs> when you, well, wait. <laughs> side note: when we were talking about modding Skyrim and everything after, well, I don't know what you were doing, but like after class. And then you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna hit the bus." And then I walked off, and I, and then just a minute later, I was like, "Shit, I should have." No, I actually did the same thing. Like as I was walking to the bus, I was like, "I should have asked for a ride." We literally, we literally live in the was, same apartment. Was, I'm like, it's too late. He's <laughs> I'm already on the way to the bus. I was like, "Oh, he'll be fine." No, you were home. I saw, when I got when I was walking into the parking lot from the bus stop, I saw your car there. I was like, I, I just could have asked for the ride. That's but. great. But anyways, no, I've I've really been enjoying this album, and I got to listen to it more. But um, like I listen to it at work and between classes, and it's just a fun album. Yeah. And it's not much to think about. It's just a straight up. I mean, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, like they consider themselves shed rock. And from what I was reading, it's because it's like a very – like not condensed, but I forgot how they phrase it. Like a close quarters, like boxed in sound. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're it's very, very, they're bass heavy, but they're not, it's this weird thing where they're bass heavy, but the recordings aren't bassy. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like they, they use the bass like a rhythm instrument. Right in this band, yeah. um, and and there's some cool guitar work in this too. Uh, um, I really like uh, which one the like get the get the clown or get the grubs out or whatever. Uh, keep the grubs out. Keep, yeah, yeah. That's um, there's some cool kind of like very eighties kind of reminds me of like X, like guitar work in this too. Yeah, it's, it's more X. simple than like there's definitely like X was. There's a bit of like early bad religion influence there, yeah, and I mean early, like their first album, yeah, uh, <laughs> but um no, honestly, I mean, it really it brought me back in many there, ways. there it's just some good head banging, like they got some fun sing along stuff, uh the clap, and like their they, longest they, song is two minutes and fifty seconds somewhere two minutes around. and fifty one yeah. seconds, do what um, I want, and then the, the shortest song. is like a minute. And fifteen, uh, a minute and yeah, a minute and fifteen yeah. seconds is their shortest song. Well, I was uh, looking at the Dine and Dash. Dine I, and Dash I love that one. Minute and fifteen seconds long. I love Dine and Dash. Um, I uh, think uh, the clap Pub we Feed. mentioned earlier. I think I, that's my, probably one of their bigger ones. I think Pub Feet is my favorite one on the album. Um, that one's just a good like kind of. I they they, I guess, they make good use of uh, of chorus vocals. This isn't really an issue with it because it's just this genre but like some of the songs are so short like i want more of it you know um and i just got to listen to the album more because like there's some songs i just don't recall the name of or like what they sound like because it all started to kind of blend together but as an album it's great Mm -hmm. stuff yeah no i uh and i chose this album card i've just been listening to them in general they have uh, an EP from 2016 and an EP in 2017 that both have some really good monies on the or songs on them too that I recommend. But um, if we're talking about just albums, 
this one's their first album. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The chats, self-titled EP. I would say EPs are allowed. Yeah. But I don't um, know if there'd be enough to talk get about. Get This In Ya is 2017, an EP from 2017. Smoko is a really good fun song on that. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, Irish Behavior is their uh, first, is their debut studio album. And uh, and they've already had drama in the band. Oh, really? Uh, the guitarist left. <laughs> oh. After they recorded the album. Oh, no. Um, uh, of course he would. Yeah. So uh, uh, Josh Price, the guitarist. Uh, well, did he come back? Because I know they're supposed to be playing soon. No, they have a new guitarist. Oh, they just have a new guitarist. <laughs> he just left to do other shit. Um, it's like we did the one album, and now it's... <laughs> Uh, uh, their most recent release is. Oh, they in, did the. Oh, they did in the Metallica tribute band, uh, the Metallica Blacklist. Uh, they did Holier Than Thou. I think I heard that. I, yeah. Well, I I think I got it confused because there's another punk band that also did Holier Than Thou. Oh yeah, a a, a, a bigger one. I forget what they were called though. Um, I think it was the. Wasn't the bad brains? Let me try to find out. Uh, uh, keep, keep, keep talking. Uh, Holier <laughs> than thou was covered by Corey Taylor. Diet Sig. I'm thinking of Diet Sig from I think. Slipknot. Pup, which is a Canadian. No, band. off, 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 off is the one I'm thinking it. of. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the one I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from a uh, Circle Jerks and uh, what's the guy? I don't remember his name. Uh. Chats. And, I'll have uh, to hear their version Biffy, though. Biffy uh, Cly- Clyro, as a Scottish rock band, covered. So those are the ones that covered uh, "Holier Than Thou." And since we're on that Chats subject, you know, whatever you think of Metallica as a band, I think it is really cool that they did this. They got all these different artists to cover these songs, and it all went to charity. Yeah, and the charity of the artist's choosing, which is really cool, and that's a really. Fun way to commemorate uh, 30th anniversary well, for like, an album. I like you looking through this list of artists. You know, Weezer did uh, Enter Sandman. And honestly, their version of Enter Sandman is as legitimate as the original, I think. Yeah. Um, I really dig it. The Mexican is- Institute of Sound featuring La Pe- uh, Perla. No, they got a wide range. Uh, sad But True. And Royal Blood. Royal Blood, St. Vincent. I think St. Vincent's Sad But True is probably the coolest one they did on there. Uh, it's very Nine Inch Nails. Cage the Elephants on there. Yeah, they're uh, cool. Yeah, a lot of good, some cool cool artists on here. Mostly a lot of Nothing Else Matters covers. <laughs> There's a lot. That's what a lot of. Matters. I think there should have been like a, they should have made a limit, but then that could be like. Because they wanted the artists to choose their Nothing favorite song. Nothing Else Matters by Miley Cyrus featuring Watt, Elton John, Yo-Yo Ma, okay, I swear, Trujillo, I swear you, Chad Smith. I swear you said Nothing Else Matters. Nothing Else Matters. I might have. I'm slurring. Nothing Else Adders. Just Nothing Else. Nothing. Nothing. Nels. Nothing Nels. Matters, matters, just <laughs> just matters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing else matters. In fact, when you say that, it, no, it doesn't sound that weird, right? Muffin, nothing else nothing matters. Else, uh, <laughs> yatters. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Addy. I don't know where the Yatt- Y came from. No, uh, E A. Oh, E. Oh, yatters. 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 
<laughs> Anyways, let's go on. So yeah, uh, I totally dig the chats. Uh, uh, high risk behavior. Great stuff. I love it. I'm so glad yeah. you showed me I'm that not, album. I'm not sure there's really much to say about the album, to be totally honest, other than it's just a really good new punk album. Yeah. And it doesn't and, feel like new punk. It feels like old school punk. And you know what? I'm always... I don't know about... Well, you have so far, but I'm always going to make an effort with these album review episodes to introduce at least one new or like underrated band to you guys. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we could talk about the big bands all day. I mean, easy. But that's that's no fun. Plenty of podcasts have done that. You know, I doubt yeah. a ton of podcasts have talked about the chats. And I, Yeah, I wouldn't say the chats are underrated no they're definitely they're up and coming they're up and but they're up and coming that and keep them on your you know a lot of people outside the punk community are talking yeah and if you're into punk at all i think you'll love them and keep them on your radar because i'm sure they got (laughs) more great things for us yeah and um and yeah i knew when i listened to them i was like "Hmm, they're not quite british and then i found out they're australian i was like oh that makes sense (laughs) australian yeah (laughs) And that is really cool that they're opening up for The Strokes, which is a really yeah, big band. Speaking of The Strokes. And speaking of talking <laughs> about <laughs> underrated or up-and-coming bands, Strokes are neither of those. Yeah. But <laughs> they're, I had... They're very popular, and they've been around for a bit. Yeah, since like 2003. <laughs> yeah. But I've had to talk... I had to talk about this album. Same thing with OK Human Weezer. Mm-hmm. Had to. And... I was so close to picking this one for the first album reviews, but I was like, well, the Weezer one's more recent, more relevant. So I, I chose that. And I loved it anyways, so that's another reason I chose it. This one has a very similar effect on me as the Weezer album. It's a completely different sounding album. Yeah. But where do I start? So as I mentioned before, I've never been a huge fan of the Strokes. I even <laughs> joked about them a lot, especially <laughs> to like my mom and sister. I've always thought they're okay, but I never really listened to them. Well, I've always respected them. I've, yeah, always, I've always thought they were good. But I, had I, I friends just, who liked them. I just weren't super into them. But uh, yeah, I, and I never what's really funny, liked. I know someone, my cousin. I won't say her name because we've got. There's just weird stuff going on. She's just being weird. But <laughs> and if you're listening, I'm sorry. But why are you being weird? But anyways. Um, She's always been a fan of The Strokes. And when this album came out, she thought they went too soft. (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm usually considered to be like the heavy metal, hard rock guy. But I've been getting more into more. uh, Well, I think I have a good. um, I would consider myself to have good, fair taste in music. I, I like any kind of genre. If it's if I. Dig it, I dig it. You know, I don't adhere to a genre. Anyways, she thought, oh, they went soft. She didn't even like the album. But I was like, oh, a new album from a big band. I was like, okay, I got to check it out. I've heard people talking about it. Um, Even my dad got into it. And he's always liked The Strokes, actually, which surprised me. But um, anyways. Strokes do not strike me as a dad rock band. (laughs) Right. 
But actually, I mean, their guitar work is actually really, really good stuff and all hard good, to do. All good musicians, yeah. Um, but uh, and I forget the guitarist's name. But anyways, like I mentioned earlier, it was in the midst of COVID. It was when it was starting to get pretty bad in April. That was around that time. And I was like, oh, a new album from The Strokes, Big Band. All right, I'll check it out. I'll give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> and then I listened to it and I was like, this is exactly what I needed. This is just, it's so nostalgic sounding, but it's so fresh. It's so yeah, refreshing. Yeah, it's kind of hard to it's, explain what this album sounds it's like. It's very 80s, but it's also, also new. And it sounds like it belongs in a Wes Anderson film. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, yeah, it's 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 a chill album, but not because it doesn't have energy. No, it's definitely got energy, and there's some it's, songs, and there's some awesome guitar work in there. It's um, chill just because, like, so, like, I was listening to this. I was coming home, and f- for a bit of, you know, a, for a couple of the songs, I was walking, and it's one of those albums where, like, a lot of the songs are songs you can kind of just walk and bob your head to and be like, just vibing. Well, and <laughs> that makes any sense. The thing, this is just a, like I said with the Weezer album, this is a complete album from start to finish. And it's not like, it's just got a unified theme. Yeah. It's not that uh, all the songs sound the same, but they're all united under this kind of synth keyboard with guitar overlays like it's got a really cool vibe oh yeah like the the, and, the first song i put it on the first song i was like this is cool i'm digging it and then and then the second i think it was the second or third song comes on and it starts with this like electronic beat and uh yeah <laughs> i was like i was like okay and i think it's some uh <laughs> i think it's some of julian casablanca's best work i don't know his songwriting process for it but it feels improvised it feels very like on the day of recording. Yeah. Like the way he's seeing some of these lyrics and the way it's kind of, uh, sometimes it's nonchalant and then other times it's big and epic and like you got big falsettos and all that stuff. And then other times it's more just like kind of top, not necessarily talking, but, uh, just contemplative. Like, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. And, I don't necessarily know what genre I would place this in. I guess alt rock, but that wouldn't really be doing its service. Um, and yeah, uh, and yeah, the Strokes—they've always been known for their dueling guitars, and it's still there in this album. It's not a guitar-centric album, but the guitars still do great work. So you've got Nick Valenzi and Albert Ham- Hammond Jr. I mean, they've been the same band members the whole time. Yeah. And uh, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, and it's their first album since 2013. And while their last couple albums did well, they never reached like the same. Uh, According to this, they've been working on this album since 2016. That makes sense. Took I mean, a while it's a, to make it. It's a big album. It And it's. And I love albums that achieve this. One, it's a great, I think it's a great, 
it's they weird. Had, it's they had very bad timing though, because apparently, so in 2019 they performed their first live show in two years at the Wiltern in Los Angeles, debuting some of the songs from bad this album. And COVID, and then COVID. Yeah. Well, what's really weird, like this song was written before COVID, but it's so perfect for COVID. I mean, just the album title alone, the new abnormal. It's like this is what we're living in. Yeah, and like, um, the Wiltern is a great theater, by the way. I really like the Wiltern. Not is that in? Uh, it's in Los Angeles. I like nice. Yeah. Cool. I figured. Theater. Cool theater. Um. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. But so like their first album, uh, is this it? You know, it's got like that blue and like gold art, and and another one I really like, uh, First Impressions of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's got some of their harder hitting songs on it. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's a rad album, honestly. But the new abnormal, like I, like I said, I've never really been into the Strokes, but I listen to this and I'm like, damn, this is this is a good album. Like I cannot deny it, and it's not usually the kind of music I listen to either, but it just hits me the right way. Um, yeah. So starting out, adults are talking. Every song kind of blends in together. But they're all they all got their own kind of flavor, but it's all under the same theme. Yeah. That, and um I really enjoy Brooklyn Bridge the chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh that one's got a very uh very strong 80s, like summer vibe. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that one. Yeah. And um it's got great guitar work in it too, with the dueling guitars. And then Bad Decisions, that one feels more like a traditional stroke song, but then it gets into this big chorus. Julian Casablanca does this like big kind of um vocal performance at that point. Mm-hmm. And I totally dig it. And not every song I can remember exactly what they sound like. I mean, I would recognize them as soon as I listen to them. But then um one of the more underrated songs, I guess I would say, is um I believe it's not the same. Yeah, not the same anymore. And that one's like this kind of it kind of reminds me of like it's not a bluesy song, but it reminds me of like Since I've Been Loving You. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. It's got the same kind of vibe with like the droning bass in the background, you know, like the slow walking bass, mm-hmm. the guitar work, and um it's it's one of my favorite songs on the album. And then the probably the biggest one, I, I'm I'm not for sure, at the door, yeah. But I I love the work on that. Like, there's not a song that I skip on this because skipping a song on this would be a disservice to the next song, right? Yeah, like, uh, it just works. Like front to back, yeah. You listen you, you to the album. You kind of it, it is an album. You kind of just have to. Same thing with like you got okay, you human. got 45 minutes to to kill. Or have it on that's, the background while you're walking when, to class or you be while you're to going it. to work. It's great yeah. to have on in the background. And also, I would say it's a great – it was a great summer album time, but I think it really works as a night album. I love yeah. that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. And it, it mean. doesn't mean they all have to be the same, but it's very much a good night album, like driving at night or like – it's – it just really hits it for me. It hits the nostalgia factor, even though it's a new album. And it just it just really works for me. And I love the artwork. Yeah. I have a poster 
So I bought the album on vinyl. That's how much I liked it. If I oh, buy nice. an album on vinyl, yeah. I like it. <laughs> because I can pretty much, well, not for free because I pay a subscription, but I can get music for free. <laughs> yeah. So if I buy it on vinyl, that means I really oh, care about yeah. it. It means something to Almost me. Almost all the albums I have on vinyl are ones I like. You don't buy an album on vinyl you don't like. Because well, it's at least 20 bucks. I have a and, few albums that I've gotten through mystery boxes and stuff well, like that. Uh, besides that, source. but like when you <laughs> when you select, when you hand select an album, it's something you like. Yeah. Like you I know, have and, I have a jazz flute Christmas album. <laughs> well, I did think about getting and I probably will for Christmas time. And we'll probably do some Christmas stuff. Just keep stay tuned. Yeah. But uh, uh there's a Nat King Cole uh Christmas album. Oh, cool. That I saw. Nice. And I think I might get that. But um and yeah, the album artwork. So it's actually painting by John McKill. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but this artist from the 80s. It's a cool it's Bird it's, on Money. It's a really cool. And it's a 1981 painting. Cover. At first I thought it was made for the album, but no, it's actually an old older painting that they use. Yeah. And, um but yeah, it's a cool album cover, which, you know, that doesn't really matter, but you know, it's something to acknowledge if it has a cool album cover. Um and here's something else that doesn't matter to me. I didn't even know this until I just looked it up <laughs> right now. It actually won Best Rock Album at the uh, Grammys in 2020. Oh, cool. And like I said, calling it a rock album, I don't know. It's definitely got rock influence still, but it's just... This just like fun, deep nostalgic album i i really don't know how to explain it but i really enjoy it yeah and this is one i can say oh you know because like on the cold album i was like oh here's the bangers here's the <laughs> songs you want and i i think it's similar for the chats actually in a different way this those are both albums you listen to the whole album yeah but the chats it's because all the songs are short it's and short, it's punk and, and it's, it's just, just it's, it's just fun. a quick it's fun. It's just a quick romp. Yeah, it's a quick fun romp. But <laughs> this one you want to sink your teeth into. You really want to and also I really appreciate uh and I think this does matter in uh producing music. I mean, I don't think you should always do this, but I love the use of stereo. You'll have guitar on the right, guitar on the left. You'll have the synth maybe in the left center voice is always in the yeah. center or sometimes it fades in and out of both love that kind of stuff it tickles your ears it's just a it's like ear candy yeah and um this says it reached number one in scotland yeah which and number yeah 10 that's cool. in six other countries including u.s and uk yeah um and it ended up selling Well, I'm not finding that right now, and I don't want to slow this down. We got to end this pretty soon, but yeah, it was well received, and yeah, I mean, why am I talking about it here? If it, like everyone knows, it's good because I still think I still know people that even haven't heard of it. I know people that said they like the Strokes that haven't heard it. Yeah, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because. It happened during COVID. It kind of went under the radar. I think there's a lot of Because there wasn't albums. a big tour with it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of albums uh, that kind of went under the radar the last couple of years. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I 
and I'm saying this is not like a Strokes like mega fan. I think it's their best album. Yeah. Yeah, all their albums have bangers and have cool songs and cool guitar work and stuff and vocals. Yeah, they got but, lots of cool songs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're the Strokes. They're one of the biggest bands nowadays. But the new Al- Abnormal, I would say you don't even have to be a Strokes fan, but if you like cool, if you like this kind of stuff, you'll love it. And it's just a great album beginning to end. And yeah. that's all I really got to say about it. Check it out. Check out all these albums. Um, <laughs> it's it's a fun time. I it's just fun getting new music, either from new bands, old bands, and not all new music is good. But I do appreciate it. Um, that's the, that's why we're doing these uh, these episodes. Uh, you know, maybe next time share some good music. Maybe next time I'll pick a new album that I think has some issues, but maybe is pretty good. Like the um, the new Foo Fighters album. They took yeah. some chances with that, and <laughs> I don't think it really worked out. But you know, there still things to talk about it. But um, but yeah, and also I remember last time we recorded, we had this idea to create this. A drunk playlist. Yeah. And we should do that. <laughs> we we so should actually get around to doing that. We should get some songs from albums <laughs> from last time around and then put some songs from these albums, try to make it sound right, yeah. which will be hard to do because <laughs> you know what? And also, you like next time we do this, we could do s- completely different genres that you want to think. Expect. I think this week we had uh, four albums that kind of – they mesh pretty well i would say so last time not as much last time was well i thought the brendan benson <laughs> kind of meshed with uncle tupelo but then we got bit, to the new but ones then had, but then we had x in there and yeah then and then weezer. x and weezer yeah and not even standard weezer orchestral weezer yeah or orchestral weezer <laughs> um and uh, yeah also we recommend those albums so listen yeah. to that other episode but yeah there you go um those are our albums for this episode. Next week, we got something really special planned for you guys. And we'll start the playlist, and we'll start sharing it in our descriptions. Yeah. Just put a little link for it. Probably on Spotify. I would say that's the most accessible. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, you know, just for fun, for us to listen to, like, see if they still hold up, and, like, for you guys <laughs> to check out some of our selects from these albums. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, or if you hate us and want to tell us personally, <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, follow us on it, whatever podcast platform you listen to or subscribe or whatever it requires. Uh, and if you really want to be nice, leave us a review. And I will say any kind of review because any review is good. Preferably five-star reviews. Yeah, and check out the Wiggles' new album, Halloween Party, (laughs) released last month. You know what? If you're still, (laughs) if you're still suffering from the post-Halloween blues, yeah, check out the Wiggles' Halloween Party. The most recent studio album. You know, it's a shame we didn't include it in this episode. Maybe maybe we'll get it next time around. (laughs) But if 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 Halloween Party is not up your if you up your alley, then. And you can also listen to the Wiggles, uh, Choo Choo Trains, Propeller Planes, and Toot Toot Chugga Chugga Big Red Car. 
That's a that's honestly a modern classic. A modern I classic. Say. Yes. I was so close to picking that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's probably even better than a new abnormal. It Who pro- knows? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we'll list all the albums and I don't know. Do you want to give them? Um, I mean, they they know how to use the internet, right? Yeah. They're not idiots. Yeah. Look them up. Look them up. Just look them up. You know how to use yeah. Google. <laughs> But obviously, Tra- Lou Reed, Transformer, The Cult, Sonic Temple, Sonic Temple The Chats, chats High Risk Behavior, and, and the, strokes, the Strokes, The New Abnormal. Yeah. Look them yeah. up. Look, you <laughs> look have, them up. You, if you're <laughs> listening to our podcast, you, you have know how people. to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, anyways, uh, we'll have it all in the description. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, we'll do that Spotify thing. That'll yeah, be fun. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. But we will see you guys next week for yeah. a very special episode. I hope I'm not digging us a grave there. It could end up being our worst episode. Who knows? Yeah. I highly doubt it. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it's gonna be cool. You know. But yeah, there you go. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. All right. See you later. Alligator. <laughs> this is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends that you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To view all of our current available streaming and social media platforms, visit our link tree in the description below. If you enjoy the show, it would be appreciated if you leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Okay Colton, you can roll the outro now.